spiritually healthy habits. Week one, Pastor Peter spoke on repentance. Absolutely crushed it. So good. Week two, Pastor Crystal Brunton spoke on spiritual warfare. Made me feel like an absolute unbeliever. <clears throat> Today, we're going to pivot a little. Uh, you know, spiritually healthy habits, you'd think I'm going to be speaking about devotions, uh, you know, fasting, things like that. We're going to be talking about hospitality and community. But... <laughs> uh, I'm believing that today that you're going to see that the Holy Spirit is going to impress upon you how important hospitality and community is and was to Christ when he was on earth and how much of his ministry revolved around it. So as I do normally, right, I'm going to have a call to action at the end because I like, I come from worship, right? So there's a, there's a physical manifestation of what you feel God is stirring in your spirit. So at the end, we are gonna have a call to, for some prayer. And some of you are gonna want just prayer for, for help and for inspiration, but I know that God is gonna be pulling on some of your hearts. And I'm gonna ask that those of you who, who feel that, that you come forward and you commit to act on it. To act on what he's stirring in you. Don't, don't talk yourself out of a revelation once you step out of the building. Act. When the Holy Spirit moves, we move, right? That's how this works. So that's coming at the end. So here we go. Here's the whole day right here. Spoiler alert. Here's all three points for you note takers. What is it? Why is it important? How do I do it? It's the whole sermon, okay? So now you can just listen. That's out of the way. What is biblical hospitality and community? So biblical hospitality is taking a foreigner, an alien to your culture, and, and inviting them into your family, and inviting them in, and treating them like family. It's showing them the love that Jesus showed you, inviting them into what you're doing, your home, your life, and just being present with them. That's what we see hospitality described as in the scripture. And biblical community is about gathering with other believers. We're doing that right now, in case you weren't aware. This is biblical community. It is sharing revelation, encouraging one another, praising with one another, praying for one another, grieving with each other. It's about gentle correction based out of love. It's about growing together, sharing resources and skills based on people's needs. That is biblical community. And we see that we weren't created to be alone. It even says that in Genesis. God made Adam and after a while he's like, this isn't good. It is not good for him to be alone. We need each other and we need to be in a community. So start looking at some scriptures. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Notice it doesn't say if, if it's, if it's been a good week, <clears throat> feel free to invite someone. No, offer hospitality to, an, to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so we see right there, it's about using our gifts to serve others. It's about using what God's given us and our gifts. 
Let's look at another scripture. John 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You might be saying, okay, I see that love is important, but they could have been more specific. Like they could have told me how to love or what that's supposed to look like. You're in luck. Romans 12, love in action. Right there. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Sorry, it continues. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Share, use what you have to help those in need. Man, this right here, this is, this is all stuff that happens in your home. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That's hard to do out in the street or at work or at... To me, this whole verse is just talking about hospitality. Biblical hospitality costs you something. I'm, this is an actual question I'm going to ask you, so think about it for a second. All right, just, just hold your answers. Biblical hospitality costs you something. It costs you time, maybe some money, having to get ready for and then clean up from. But it costs us to look like Christ. It, it's not supposed to be easy. The New Testament says over and over again to use the blessings you have to win the lost over and over again. Hebrews 13, Jesus said, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess him, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. God knows it's a sacrifice, and he tells us to do it anyways. So number two, why is this important? Short answer, he, com- he commanded us to. It isn't one of the things that we get to say, it isn't my gifting. Or, I'm just not in that season of life. Like, what? The season where you don't live like Christ? I don't, I don't know which season. That was, you guys were very quiet on that. Sorry about that. If I hurt anybody's feelings. Sorry about that. <clears throat> but seriously, what, what season is that? I don't see where God's where the Spirit of God doesn't push you in every season of your life to do the Great Commission, right? Look at how many of the amazing things that Christ did were done in a home, in a small gathering, over a meal. It's, it's so many things. If you read the New Testament, yeah, there's large groups and there's big sermons and there's mountains that he speaks from and he goes out in boats and teaches to tens of thousands of people. But the majority of the work he did involved hospitality, whether it was his or someone else's. It was done in small, intimate settings. We know that it's one of the gifts of the Spirit, hospitality, 
but it is a command. We don't just get to shrug it off. And I've heard things like, it's really draining to me and I'm no good for the rest of the week. Well, then get good. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Get good. It's not, you don't, get, you don't get to say no. Like, I don't understand. It's, people like, say that like we're gonna, oh, you know what, you're right. Cancel it. Cancel it all. It drains them. Jesus didn't say, if it's not too much trouble, love one another as I have loved you. It's not in there. I checked. I spent this week, I went back through the entire New Testament. I didn't see it. But why is it we as Christians feel like we get to use the gifts of the Spirit that we're most comfortable with and ignore the ones that are draining or more work for us? Why do we feel like that's not a muscle we need to develop and exercise? Why is there a gift of the Spirit that we just get to omit and focus on what's comfortable? I don't see that. I don't see that in the scripture. So again, why is this so important? Well, let me show you. So Pastor Peter is like, hey, we're moving to a new location. In six months? You s- six? No, not six months. Sorry, don't clap. Don't clap. Pastor, what? Yes. Okay, five, five months. Five months we'll be in the new building. Is that right, Pastor Phil? Somewhere around there? <clears throat> They're both leaving the church now, so... <clears throat> So Pastor Peter's like, hey, why don't we have an idea of who we're going to be with? Let's get some demographics. And a mentor of ours is like, this is awesome, you're moving. Who's there? We're like, we don't know. So we listened to our mentor and we pulled some demographics. I'm going to ask you, within a 20-minute drive of our new property, this is going to be like Price is Right, okay? Who, or how many people do you think live within a 20-minute drive of our new property? Any answers? 400, that's... Good, good answer. 300 to 600,000. Any other guesses? Somebody shout $1. No, yes? These are good guesses. Anyone else? Oof, everybody got shy after they heard a few answers. They're like, I really have no idea. <clears throat> 457,259 people live within a 20-minute drive of our new property. Why is hospitality important? This is why it's important. Let's go further. 34% rarely attend religious services. I looked up what is, okay, that's a great stat. What is your definition of rarely? Up to one time a year. That is rarely. Here, I'm like, I rarely lead a group, but I'm at group three nights a week, right? Up to one time a year, 155,000 people attend church. 21% occasionally attend services. I love that that's another box, rarely and occasionally. That's another 96,000 people. 251,492 people attend church at the most four times a year. That's why this is important. It is way easier for an unbeliever to go to your home to see if Jesus is real than for them to come into a building. We can't say that they're unbelievers, but we know that they're not in community. So it's a pretty good assumption that the majority of these people are not believers. 251,000 souls. That's why this is important. 
You can look around the room and see a lot of people doing this. The Ramat, their house is basically a motel. There's like, there's a, 30 different cars in the parking lot every single day. The Stags, their house is just rampant with teenagers. <clears throat> the McKenzie's, their, their HOA thinks they're running an Airbnb. <clears throat> just, there are other, and there's so many more that are doing this consistently and that are opening their home up, but it's not enough. This is not an Evans family or a Brunton family thing. This is a body of Christ thing. This is all of us. It takes all of us to do what God has called us to do for this city. And there are other great churches around the city doing the same thing, but we've got to do our part. And some of you are saying, well, well, my house is tiny and this isn't in our budget. Yeah, it's not in mine either. I get it. There are weeks that I do not feel as hospitable as others. But I want to do one more thing, and for those of you at home, I'm going to count basically every one of you in this. So, show of hands. Okay, we don't all have massive houses. I'm not going to put anybody on blast of who does. Just let your minds assume. I can't, I can't fit 60 people in my house. I can't do it. It's, it would be, well, I could, but it'd be very uncomfortable. But I can hold 10 I can hold 10 people in my house. So show of hands, how many people could realistically have 10 people in their home? Whose home was big enough for 10? All right, hold them up, hold them up high, hold them up high. This is more than I thought, actually. Good, good on you. Look at you guys with your big houses. Hold, hold your hands up, keep them up, keep them up. Okay, good, good, thank you. Thank you, that's actually more than I thought. But just between these two sections, there's about 70 hands that were up. So let's say you 70 people, I'm not trying to sound like a pyramid scheme, but let's just stay with me for a second. <laughs> if you like supplements, I've got something for you. <clears throat> let's just use 70 people. All of you invite and have 10 people over. You don't preach at them. You just love them and you serve them. All of you. Well, that's, that's 700 people, right? 70 times 10. Let's say those 700 have 10. That's 70,000. Sorry, that's 7,000. Then those 7,000 have 10. That's 70,000. 70,000 people is half, is half yeah. of the number of people yeah. that, are, that need Christ, just in our area. So you think, why is it important? That's why it's important. Okay, I get it, Jared. It's important. How? How the heck am I going to do it? Glad you asked. I've done some research. After studying the entire New Testament again, I've come up with three easy steps. Three easy steps. Invite a human being into your home. <laughs> Love them, don't be weird. I feel like, okay, I know some of you can't do that, but I feel like most of us can do this. You're like, I don't know, I don't know. I just, invite a human being into your home. Don't be a shut-in weird hermit. Just start. Your house is never gonna be ready. Your timing is never going to be ready. Your week is never going to be perfect. 
Just obey God and invite people in. What makes it special is that they are invited into your home and that you serve them. That's what Christ looks like. And boy, you want to kill the gift of hospitality? Start comparing your home to other people's homes. Jump on Instagram, you know, when you should be talking with your spouse on the couch. No, jump on Instagram, get deep in a feed, and see how hospitable you feel. Looking at someone at their absolute worst, and you are comparing it to yourself and your day-to-day and your worst. Their best against your worst. You're, you're always going to feel bad. Nothing kills being thankful for what God has given you, like comparing yourself to others. And if you compare yourself the other way, like, oh man, I'm glad I'm not them, then that's pride and you need to repent for that. There's a fine line in between the two. I'm gonna take a little step further. If you struggle with feeling lonely and depressed, unwanted, unneeded, open up your home. You might not see what God has given you, but invite someone less fortunate than yourself over and they will see how blessed you are. Here's what you need to realize. The things that you see as ordinary are extraordinary to unbelievers and those without community. We have an incredible community here, so we forget how extraordinary this community is. Like even just what I think last week, Archie was talking about, they went out to eat with a big group of friends and the waiter was like, what is this right now? All of you love each other and no one's like conspiring against one another. I've never seen this before. It's like, oh yeah, this is just what we do like all day, every day. This is our life. What you see as ordinary is extraordinary because you are in a community of Christ. So I'm going to brag on my wife for a second. If you want tips on being hospitable, talk to Hope because no joke. She, thank you, Nancy and Pat. Uh, she has got it. Like She sees things I don't even, I, that I think are stupid and then afterwards people are like, that was the greatest thing ever. I'm like, what? So our neighbor, uh, her, her and my neighbor, they're, they text a lot. I don't, I don't know about what UPS and Amazon. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> so the husband, they're both, they're such a sweet couple. He just keeps to himself. And we've spoken to him a lot, but he's just quieter. Um, so she had found out that his mother passed away. And she's like, Jared, we've got to do something. I was like, okay, you want to do something for this man? Leave him alone. His mom just died. <laughs> like, that was the thing that made the most sense to me. Like, don't call him. Just leave him alone. Let him be. Uh, I, I was basically like the two little, the two little, the angel and the demon on the shoulder. I was the one with the pitchfork, this whole scenario. She's like, I don't, okay, don't be a part of it, whatever. I'm doing something for them. I'm like, well, I'm going to get them dinner. I was like, don't get them dinner. It's, they've got allergies and they're, you're like a bag of death. Like, I don't, we don't know what they eat. They're probably gluten. They're scared of gluten. I don't know what it is. So she's like, I don't care. I'm getting them food. So I'm like, but the budget... Okay, cancel date night. You're getting them dinner. There's our date night. She's like, good, cancel it. You're not that fun anyways. <clears throat> so she goes. She goes to like Publix, I think, gets a rotisserie chicken with inflation. It was $74. Um, no, it was like eight bucks, right? She gets a side of mac and cheese, some Hawaiian rolls, a gallon of sweet tea. It was like 20 bucks in total. Takes it to them. They they couldn't even comprehend why someone who doesn't know them would care. 
what seems so ordinary to us. In this church, if you stub your toe, you get a three-month meal plan. <laughs> like, I don't even want the food. I'm like, hope, cancel it. This is too much food. And, and so, but, but that's because that's our community. We are used to this. We are used to the sharing of, of gifts and of time and of money and of Christ. But outside of this community, they are not. It is foreign and extraordinary to them. It's not about being a grand gesture. Just make a good a little home-cooked meal, spaghetti, make it cheap, whatever, and just talk. Using the bless, use the blessing that comes from God to bless the ones that God loves but don't know him yet. That's what it's about. Now, you can do some practical things to make this easier for yourself, like move weird stuff. Okay, let's not make people uncomfortable. Some of you have some weird stuff in your house. Walk in with fresh eyes and go, is this creepy? <laughs> Just think about it. Like, let's make our homes for a purpose, right? I vote however you want, but if you invite your neighbors over, maybe get the Trump 2024 flag out of your living room, <laughs> right? Do what you want, put it in the closet. You know what Hope and I do the day before? We are grabbing armfuls of laundry and just chucking it into our laundry room. That's, that's, our hosp that's how we get ready. Don't you dare look in our laundry room. It's a disaster. But seriously, I understand this is a shoe-free environment, but rather than make the people you invite over feel weird, maybe mop tomorrow. <laughs> Take 30 minutes, mop it up. Not, that, not, gonna, not a deal breaker, right? Make coffee, put out some water, set out some cookies. It's not hard. We don't have to do this grand gesture. Like Hope and I, we, we don't even have visible clocks. We were just telling Ben and Lauren, they were over hanging out with us until like 2 a.m. We don't even have visible clocks because we want people to be less worried about their time and more worried about relationship and conversation. It's intentional. But this is way more about the physical. This is the most important piece of this. The preparation that's most important is spiritual preparation. Let me explain how this works. Your home is one of, if not the only places that you have spiritual authority over. You create and decide what the atmosphere and environment is in your home. Not your circumstances, nothing else. You get to decide. Have you dedicated your home to serving the Lord? People... <laughs> People usually leave us our house saying things like, this is so peaceful, or when I stay over, I stay way longer than I expected or planned to. This isn't an accident. We pray over our home. We have dedicated it to the Lord, and we told him that it is his, and it's to be used for his kingdom. But my house is my refuge. It's my place of rest. No, Christ is your place of rest. Christ is your refuge. Fill your home with him. Fill your home with his spirit. Okay, but it's gonna drain my kids. Maybe, maybe a little bit. It's also gonna help your children because they are gonna see their mom and dad exercise restraint and manners and charity and hear them speak life. Maybe your kids need to see this a little more than two hours on a Sunday. It is going to set them up to live a life like Christ has called them to live. 
Teach them that when you're tired, that God will provide the strength you need to fulfill his purpose. Maybe you're too tired to go on another day trip or to the theme parks again, but he will always provide the strength you need to do what he's called you to do. Always, without fail. Some of you are more worried about the germs that someone might bring in than the things that you allow in, possibly even invite in. You should be way less worried about who's coming, who's coming over, and what, what they're gonna come in with. Then you should, be, you should be way less worried about that than the pornography you might be overlooking that gets consumed, or the shows that you watch, or the stuff that's listened to in your home. You should be way more concerned about that. Create a Holy Spirit-filled, dedicated to God environment. That's what hospitality is about. I'm gonna invite, I gave you guys no warning, sorry. I'm gonna invite the worship team up or whoever's still here to help me with this. I want you guys to stand up. We're gonna start closing here. Listen, guys. People are not looking for a teaching or an eloquently worded sermonette. They need to feel loved. They need to feel that they're welcome. They need to feel the peace that comes from being in a home that is filled with the Spirit of God. To be somewhere not run by emotions or opinions or politics. Somewhere that is under the authority of the living God. And I'm asking you if you can commit to being like Christ, to opening your lives, sacrificing time and energy and some money to build the kingdom of God. 251,000 people need you to share what God has given you, to talk about what God has done, not preach at them, to love them and serve them. I feel like some of you are feeling convicted right now. Good, just repent and fix it, okay? That's all we gotta do. Don't, don't get lost in this shame cycle. Just repent and move on, right? Let's fix it. But I know that there's a lot of you right now that feel inspired and feel like you need to do something about this. And I'm gonna ask, I always make the other pastors work. They think it's a week off, it's not. I'm gonna ask those of you who feel like God, the, the, the Holy Spirit is pulling on your heart about doing this, about using what he's given you for his kingdom, about putting fear and discomfort and everything else aside and doing what God's asked us to do. For those of you who feel that pull, I'm gonna ask that you start to make your way down front because we're gonna have some of the pastors pray for us. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray for provision and vision and strength. We're gonna pray for opportunity we're gonna pray for the courage that comes from walking with the Holy Spirit every single day. That boldness that he gives you when you feel him stir inside of you. The second you leave this building, I promise you, you're gonna start questioning whether or not that you felt this and that it was real. Do not wait to act. In a few days, this is just gonna be a memory of how you feel right now. Do not let the time go by 
and miss this opportunity of feeling Christ move in you. When the Spirit of God moves, we have to act. I always say delayed obedience is disobedience. If he's pulling on your heart, do it. Act. Show him he can trust you. 